You're now tuning into the All Age Podcast Show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the LVH Podcast Show, man. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Berto. Thank you, Surf. Thank you, Joaquin. Thank you, Isaiah, for joining in today. Really excited for the second episode of this podcast show. But can my second, uh, can my special guest and new co-host give everyone a brief introduction about yourself and why y'all wanted to, wanted to come in for today's episode and the podcast show? All right. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Joaquin. Um, I'm a lifelong Laker fan. And I uh, just came to the podcast, uh, you know, just hopefully to talk some ball and just have a good time and, and just, you know, just kind of see where everybody's heads are at. I'll go next. My name is Isaiah. Y'all yeah, know me on IG as AD versus Haters. And I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. And I'm trying to um, talk some basketball. I'm Berto. I'm a Sixers fan. Uh, I like to talk sports with the boys. So that's why I'm here. Sure. All right. I'm Surf. You can catch me on Elite Lake Show on Twitter. I'm also a Lakers fan. And yeah, I just wanted to help out on the first pod. All right, bet. Thanks for sharing. We have a lot to talk about today, so let's just get started and straight to the point. My first question is, who are your winners of the, the draft this year? Like, who you guys think drafted really well? Uh, honestly, from from my perspective, I would say I think Houston obviously is is you know one of the top ones that everybody's going to hear. Uh, I you know they got Ahmed Thompson, who I think uh, has a chance at being you know one of the better players of this this draft class. I think Utah had a pretty solid draft as well. I was very high on Taylor Hendricks um, coming into the draft, and I'm I, I do like Bryce Sensible as well, and I like the value that they got him at, at pick twenty eight for sure. I agree with your points. Yeah, I was going to say the Rockets too. With um, them picking up more number 20, he's definitely going to be good. Also, obviously, the Lakers, you know, Jalen Hutchinson. Oh, that's true, though. I agree with you on that. I do think the Lakers won. I think the Heat are a sleeper. The Heat got some really good pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Houston. I think Portland, Portland. came out a winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, School Henderson, obviously. And number three, great value uh-huh. uh, for a team that was kind of in playoff positioning in like February for them to like, Pretty much tank, as well as Chris Murray. I think Ooh. they came out as a winner in the draft. Yeah, yeah. I really liked uh, the Utah Jazz's draft. Uh, them getting uh, Taylor Hendricks, getting uh, Kante George, getting uh, what's his name, Bryce. I feel like those three players are like really high up upside, and like some of them dropped, and they got them at the right time. Also, I liked uh, the Dallas Mavericks like uh, draft night. Like they traded down two spots. They got rid of Bertans. Bertrand's garbage contract. Uh, mm-hmm. They drafted Derek Lively, got themselves a young big young big man, and then they traded for Richard Holmes and got also uh, what's his name, another rookie. He's a good wing. His name is Oliver Maximum Prince. I feel like he's a good print. He's a good uh, fifth for them as well. So I feel like they had a really good draft because because of the draft to sign someone who they want in free agency. All right. So the next question is, who are your losers of the draft? Who you, who you guys think drafted poorly? <laughs> um. So I'll I'll start with I I as much as everybody's going to say Charlotte, I don't think you know you can consider Charlotte a loser. In my opinion, I think another one that you hear a lot is Orlando, and I'm gonna have to agree with that one. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think Anthony Black is. I honestly don't think he's gonna be much at the NBA level. Really? Um, watching him in college, I know his usage rate was super high. Uh-huh. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly how he's going to translate. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind if he proved me wrong because I don't want to see anybody <laughs> fail or anything, but, um, Jet Howard, I believe was also a reach. Um, mm. I mean, I was, uh, he was one of the guys that, you know, I had seen mock drafts, even having the Lakers, you know, trading back and, and taking him. So I thought uh-huh. that was a kind of interesting one. And lastly, I think I would have to say another, you know, maybe surprising one is I think Washington, um, I think they didn't have a very great draft. I think, um, honestly, if, if you guys have ever seen the movie Draft Day, you know, there's a point in the movie where the general manager calls him and kind of gets him to say, you know, who he wants and kind of uses that as leverage in, in a trade. And I think maybe Indiana's general manager might have uh, pulled one over Washington's head because, you know, <laughs> they, they took Koulibaly and then immediately traded him and got two seconds out of it as well. Um, I think Jairus Walker was a much better player than Koulibaly, but Washington clearly had their eyes set on him. 
And mm. I guess Indiana really had their eyes set on Jairus Walker, who I actually mocked to Indiana as well. So <laughs> it was good seeing that. I'm going to have to agree with the magic. Uh-huh. I kind of didn't know where they're going. Uh-huh. I think Anthony Black and Jet Howard were both reaches. Mm-hmm. But yep. obviously, look, I think Howard was like a 20th, like in the mock drafts. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I believe he like blew out his, um, his workout. Uh-huh. But who knows? Maybe they got somebody that other teams didn't see. But for me, I'll also go with the Orlando Magic as a loser. Orlando Magic? Damn, anyone, anyone, anyone doesn't think Orlando Magic had a good <laughs> For me, I think the Hawks, they drafted the best player available. But, but like from my point of view, I don't get why they drafted uh, Kobe Bufkin when they have like so many guards. Mm-hmm. Like, they have Trey Young, they have DeJounte Murray, they have uh, Logan John. They have, uh, what's his name? Uh, like, they have so many guards that I can't, like, think of the top of my head. But, like, they do have a lot of guards that need the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. And, like, drafting Kobe Buffkin doesn't really make sense to me when Trey Young and Murray are going to ask for the ball a lot. You think they're going to trade one of, one of the starters? Uh, I, I could see them trading maybe Trey Young or Murray in, like, a year. But, like, mm-hmm. that, I, I don't really think so. They probably treat Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdan, but like this recently signed him to extension, so like I don't really see him trading him away. I thought Murray had an option next summer, or is he just free all around? Uh, if they if they don't sign him to extension, then I'm pretty sure he becomes a free agent. So. Yeah, yeah. Also, another team that I didn't really like draft was maybe I don't know. I feel like the Hawks, like they obviously drafted the best player available. Like, like I don't know. If he's the right, like, I'm not saying he won't play good for him, but, like, I don't think he'll get, like, the right amount of minutes or right amount of touches when he's playing with Trey Young, Murray, Bogdan, Collins. And, like, then they also drafted, like, another big man when they have Capella on Yanka. Unless they plan Trey, Collins, Capella on Yanka, I don't see the point of them drafting another big man, especially yeah. if you get to see the floor or develop correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, now next up question is, who are your guys' biggest deals for the draft? Like, who you guys think is a steal in this draft? Mm. It could be the first round or second round. Honestly, I was super, super high, and I know it's, it might not be considered a steal, but I think, you know, when we look back in a few years, it'll it'll be considered a steal. I think Noah Clowney at 21 to Brooklyn. Um, I really love his size, and I think he's going to be a really, really great wing for years to come. Uh, another steal that I really, really liked was Amari Bailey. Um, I think it was pick 41. Yep. To uh, Charlotte, I, I mean, that's a, that's a great, great value pick. I think Memphis got another big steal in uh, Gigi Jackson at 45. Yeah. And I think also, you know, the Spurs got a steal uh, at 33 with Leonard Miller. I think that, you know, I think those four picks were, were really great, Denver great value. Denver got traded to the Wolves. Oh, yeah, Minnesota. I see that yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that is a really good... Uh, Pickup though, yeah. You know, regardless, I, I had him mocked around the tenth, all the way up to you know around twenty five. So it was weird to see him fall. Yeah, that but much. they also got stayed the disco. He's good. Yeah, way. yeah. I saw him. I think Nick Smith going twenty seventh was just a steal for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like um, that pick. He was like highly regarded out of high school, and really he only dropped because of injuries. Now I get injuries. You know, like you can you look at Michael Porter Jr. Uh-huh. You know, as a instance, it could be, you know, it's a risk reward factor. But I think for Charlotte, a team that needs like just players in general, getting Nick Smith at 27 is a steal. Yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, the Cavs, when they draft Imani Bates, I feel like he's a steal. He could definitely be good yeah. when you yeah. oh, could teach him the right things to do. He's a good shooter. Yeah. You know? He's a bucket, yeah. Yeah. Once they tell him, once they show him how to um, play in the NBA and stuff, I feel like he could be a steal for the Cavs. I agree with you on that one, especially when they dropped him at like forty nine. So it's like low yeah, risk. It's low risk if he doesn't like end up well in the league. Oh, and um, Trace Jackson Davis, mm. he was traded to the Warriors. Yeah, at fifty seven. Mm. <laughs> mm. That was good for sure. Anyone else? All right. I think also honest, uh, maybe a little biased. Max Lewis. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say. I didn't want to talk about the Lakers. <laughs> I was. I was going to say Maxwell Lewis. Maxwell Lewis too. <laughs> I guess I'll just elaborate on that. Like, yeah, I think Maxwell Lewis for the Lakers at pick 40 was a huge deal. Considering, like, early on in the draft process, like, um, like a couple of weeks ago in the mock drafts, I see him, like, go early, like, early, like, top 15, top 20, top 30. Like, yeah, so, like, 
him dropping a pick 40 it was really surprising to me. And I was like, please, please, please. I hope the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. I remember Surf was in a call was was in a call with me and like one of our yeah. friends. And I was just like, please, 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 please. And then yeah. when Shams announced it, I was like, let's fucking go. Because I was like so hyped to get Maxwell Lewis. Because like he's someone that I'm really high on. Like he obviously has some skills to grow on. But I feel like he could be a... Really good wing in this league, especially around the Lakers. Around he'd be a good fit around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I feel like his defensive potential is really good. Like mm-hmm. I, I always compared him to like Trey Murphy, the second, mm-hmm. and like I see a little bit of Paul George in him, not fully, but like a little bit of him. Like when he's like creating a shot on his own, when he's spotting yeah. up too, when he's posting up. I feel like I see a little bit of Paul George, but like I feel like. A good player comparison, Trey Murphy. Like I see, I see him really close yeah. to him. Someone, someone. One of you guys mentioned uh, Gigi Jackson to the Grizzlies at forty-five. I feel like that was a really good pick because, yeah. like, he's a low, yeah. he's a really raw talent. Like he needs to fully develop, but like they're the perfect team to develop because, like, if you guys look at their big man, they have developed mm-hmm. like a lot of good big men, like Santi Aldama, Tillman. Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark. Yeah, there's another one, Brandon you got David uh, Tillman. Who? Uh, David Roddy. Yeah, David Roddy. Yeah, him too. Uh, Tillman. Like they have a. Go- I feel like they have a good history of like recently of developing good players. Like they don't need mm-hmm. G. Jackson to contribute right away. Like they can store him in the G League for a year to- and then like get more reps and like just to work on his skills. Also, someone you guys mentioned Tracy Jackson Davis, and I was I was hearing from one of my good friends who has sources. You guys, you guys could believe me or not, but he has good sources. <laughs> he told me that Tracy Jackson Davis was on the Lakers draft board at pick 40. He was on their draft board. But I I, heard, I also heard another source that said that Tracy Jackson's agent was telling teams to not draft him. Uh, they were offering him like a two-way contract, but he didn't want him to get a two-way contract. He wanted him to get a fully regular contract. So that was surprising to hear. Another name that I heard was Jordan Walsh. He's a really good wing. But definitely needs to work on his offensive skills. Like, his shot that's not the best. The Celtics got him, so I feel like the Celtics getting him, especially with the new ZBA. ZBA is ZBA. I always mix it up. But, like, I feel like he could be a really good uh, role player off the bench for him, especially since they lost Marcus Smart, like, one of the good wing defenders. Yeah. I feel like, uh, what's his name? Getting Noah Clowney at pick 22 was a really good pickup by the Nets. Like, he's someone mm-hmm. that I really like because... On the on defense, he can switch from he can guard threes, fours, fives. He can space the floor. Like obviously, he has to work on getting his shot more consistent. But like he's someone like next to Nicholas Nicholas Claxton. Like he's a really good pickup because he can space the floor and help him out on defense. So that was someone I liked that pick twenty two. So that's those are my skills in my opinion. All right. So the next question is, what are you guys' rookie expectations? Like any predictions? Who? We'll have like a good rookie season. I said it earlier a little bit, but I'll go all the way through. Um, I don't want to be the uh, just sound like I'm hitting the table like everybody else and say that Victor's going to win rookie of the year, Scoot's going to win. I I genuinely think uh, Amen Thompson has a really really good Ooh. chance of winning rookie of the year. Um, I I think his defensive prowess is incredible. He's going to look like an absolute defensive player of the year on that <laughs> uh, Rockets team. Um, I really like his length alongside Jalen Green, and I think Tari Eason's going to take another step up this year on that team as well. And another guy that that I think can come in and not you know really like play you know like a like a, a gigantic you know like rookie of the year type of role, but somebody that's going to play um, you know a pretty solid role. I would say is uh, Max uh, Prosper, you know from Marquette. Ooh. I uh-huh. really liked him. I think he's he's a perfect fit in Sacramento. I was a little uh, hoping that, you know, as the draft was going on and certain players were falling, I was like, I wonder if he might fall to pick 40 for the Lakers, but mm. he, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, could, I could see uh, a guy like Chris Murray on the Blazers uh, mm-hmm. help them out, win some games. If if Dame is still there, um, if he's not, he could get more minutes and help that team uh, win some games. He's a good shooter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Brandon Miller. I think the Hornets need his scoring. Uh-huh. So I feel like his stats are gonna show like his he's gonna be like the top candidate. I know he's not the hottest name right now. <laughs> he's talented. Like he's probably gonna be what second option, third option on a bad team. So I expect him to get some shots up, put some numbers up, and you know compete for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. All right. So for me, 
Me personally, this might sound a little biased, but I feel like Darren Hood, Shafino, and Maxwell Lewis, I feel like they could eventually get into a like a rotation consistently and like give us like good minutes off the bench or even starting some games. Like I feel like Darren Hood, Shafino, next to Anthony Davis in the pick and roll is really good for him because he, he was feeding Tracy Jackson and Indiana really well, and I feel like him and him and AD in a pick and roll is like perfect for AD. He's gonna get his touches even more. Like he already, he already has LeBron James and Austin Reeves. And assuming we get D'Lo back, but I feel like Jalen Hood Shafino is also another good playmaker that can like get players their touches and find them at the right spot. Also, like I think Maxwell Lewis could give us good minutes just using his size and his height and like his ability to uh, space the floor and like attack the paint, get some dunks, like finish tough shots in the paint. I feel like will be really good for him. That's my from the Lakers side. I think they can do really well. And then from the other rookies, I see. Thompson from the Detroit Pistons had a really good season. He already mm-hmm. has Kate, Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Bogdan, Jalen Duran, uh, Stewart. I've, he also has a good coach in Monty Williams, who's like known for his offense and getting their players like their touches. So I feel like Rashad Thompson next to the uh, on the Pistons is a really good fit for him, and I feel like he could have a really good, strong rookie season. For another player that I see actually giving really good minutes is Taylor Hendricks. I feel like Taylor Hendricks is going to have a good season yeah. next yeah. to uh, Laurie Marketing and Walker Kessler. Like, if you're talking about on offense, you guys really have like good, some solid floor spacers. So you're going to have a tough decision where you want to put your best defender on. You want to put on Laurie Marketing, who's an all star, or you want to put on Taylor Hendricks, who's an up and coming rookie. And then mm-hmm. on defensively, they have, they're going to have a lot of size, I feel like. They already have Laura Marketing and Kessler. Now they have Hendricks. That's like three bigs on the floor at the same time. And then they also have THT, who's like not the smallest guard, but he's like medium sized. So like he's pretty solid on on defense. They have Sexton. I mean, I'm missing someone's name, but like I feel like he could have a really strong rookie year. Let's talk about like the crazy draft night and the day before the draft, where like we had a bunch of trades going on. So like I want to hear you guys' thoughts on the Bradley Beal trade getting traded to the Phoenix Suns for. Uh, <laughs> Oh. oh man. Um I think the first thing that you look at in that trade is I mean it it ended up working out for them in the long run. I think mm-hmm. that the Wizards completely robbed the Warriors. I think you know everybody can pretty much agree on that other than a few Warriors fans that will be in denial. But outside of that, I mean I I I think that the Beal trade was very confusing. I uh, I know that they also traded, I believe, uh, is Jordan Goodwin, yeah, who was solid. a pretty solid uh, scorer off the bench. And there were a few games where he started this year. And I, uh, I live, you know, in DC, and there were a, a lot of Wizards fans that were very pissed um, when when they announced Goodwin. I know they traded Isaiah Todd as well. Not like he's much, but he has been sitting in the G League for the past two years. So you know, you don't know if he has got good size and might be some sort of potential there. Um, I think that the Suns, you know. I don't think it's nearly as bad for the Suns as people think. Um, Beal ran a lot of, you know, just that primary playmaker uh-huh. um, with the Wizards. And he kind of shifted away from that off ball, you know, after John Wall. Um, even, you know, with Westbrook, you know, when Westbrook would be on the bench or vice versa. Uh-huh. Um, he really, you know, was able to do that. We know that Booker can handle the ball. We know that Durant can handle the ball. If they choose to keep Aiton or not, um, that'll, you know, that'll determine a, a lot of other things. I think right now, you know, you're looking at a, a Beal, Booker, a Kogi, Durant, and Aiton lineup. And I, I think that that's a really, really good lineup. I think Booker's um, a decent defender. I honestly do think Beal's a pretty underrated defender. I know he gets a lot of flack for that. Really? Um, I don't think he's nearly as bad as people think. He's a terrible off-ball defender. Um, but on ball, I, I really don't think he's that bad. And he definitely tries. And for someone who's making that much money, you don't see that that often. A Kogi, obviously, he's going to give you hustle and, and good defense. And Aiton's going to... You don't know what you're getting out of Aiden sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> He's on yeah. Suns need more depth, especially veteran depth for their bench, bro. Oh, my God. Because, yeah. I mean, what? It's $130 million between the first four guys, Aiden, Beal, Booker, <laughs> AD. Like, they need like, good depth. Mm-hmm. I could see some veterans getting vet minimums for them, for the bench. Yeah. Like a guy like uh, John Wall, since he's close with Bradley Beal. Or Derrick Rose, and he wants to win a championship. Maybe uh, DeMarcus Cousins wants to return to the league. Those are the type of guys I feel like they can sign. Yeah. yeah. And for the the Wizards, their rebuilding is perfect. They got Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Denny Abdia. Uh, right now they have Daniel Gafford. I don't know if they're going to trade him or not. Uh-huh. They got a decent <laughs> roster. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they also got um Patrick Baldwin Jr. For the yeah. Warriors. 
Mm-hmm. At least they robbed the, the, the Warriors. The Warriors, Chris Paul's veteran leadership. He could get um he could play with Steph Curry and then have Steph Curry in the playoffs. Steph Curry could um sit and Chris Paul could just handle the ball and a fresh Steph. If he's Curry. healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's man. But a fresh Steph Curry in the playoffs is dangerous. So he could take away the minutes for a little mm. bit. Chris Paul for some assets. Like they did with D'Lo. Mm. I think Does he a, have a market though? I think that's the, the, the question about it. Because his contract is pretty bad. Thirty million dollars yeah. for a 38, 39 year old. Nah, yeah. I don't think, I don't think they trade him. him. Especially after training Jordan Poole. Yeah, I think I think that the Warriors were just too desperate to uh trade Poole before draft night. I think that completely clouded their judgment because I guarantee you if they hold on to Poole, whether it be during free agency or after free agency, you know, similar to Lillard and the Blazers kind of deciding, you know, figuring things out. Um, obviously, Poole has a lot less leverage in that situation, but I think that the Warriors completely um, messed up with their decision to just speed trade Poole. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it probably has something to do with Draymond's free agency. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know we're talking about the Beal trade, but uh-huh. I feel like they sold low on Poole. Poole. Like, getting Chris Paul for Jordan Poole, I, I know Jordan Poole didn't have a great season. Uh-huh. But that type of trade you just don't do. I think you just, <laughs> you just it was just like out of judgment or whatever. Uh-huh. I know it's a new regime in yeah. new GM. Uh-huh. But at least I would have waited for or actually I would have tried to get a Porzingis. Really? I'm, gonna mm-hmm. pool. I'm gonna try to get Porzingis, try to maximize this little window. Chris Paul, I don't I don't see him doing anything, even if he's healthy for Golden State. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I didn't like the Beal trade for the Wizards because I feel like they didn't get assets in return for Bradley Beal. Like, obviously, they got Tyus Jones. He'll be a good, like, young... He's, like, 27, but I still see... I would still say he's, like, a pretty solid guy to rebuild around slash be a good mentor for, like, the upcoming rookies they bring in for a couple years or mm-hmm. for a couple picks or whatever. But, like, I just feel like getting, like, six second-round picks and, like, a couple of pick swaps, when those pick swaps are not going to be worth anything when the Suns are contending for, like, most of those pick swaps years. So, like, I don't think those pick swaps are going to be worth really a lot. But, like, I also see why they just try to get the deal They had to get the deal done was because Bradley Beal had a trade clause. So, like, he had, mm-hmm. final, he had right. the final say to say where he wanted to go and where, how much he wanted the team to trade up, trade for him. So, that goes to another factor. Another factor I feel like doesn't, like, it's not being sold enough. It's, like, the new... Management for the Wizards didn't give Bradley Beal that horrible contract. It was the old management that gave him a terrible contract. When they should have, honestly, in my opinion, they should have traded Bradley Beal away after they got rid of Westbrook. That was a perfect time for them to rebuild mm-hmm. and just get more picks in return. Yeah. For the yeah. Sun side, I actually super can say people have mixed feelings about this, but I feel like the Suns getting Bradley Beal is actually a really good pickup because like Chris Paul is so solid, but like he's not on Bradley Beal's level in 2023, bro. Like. Bradley Beal's like much right. years younger. He's still in his prime. Uh, his contract sucks. Don't get me wrong, but like he's still <laughs> a little bit more younger than Paul, and like he might give him like better shooting, better like contributions on the offensive end, and maybe on defense a little bit. They were not gonna have any depth either way if they kept Chris Paul or they got rid of Aiden. Either way, they were not gonna have enough depth. So them training Paul, them training Wasp, Chris Paul. And like a couple of second round picks and some pick swaps for Bradley Beal is easily a steal for them, in my opinion. Now they have like a big three that is gonna have like veterans want, wanting to take a huge discount just to join the team. That's kind of like how the Nets did, same way that the Lakers did, even though they didn't end up for the Lakers. But I feel like the, Nets, the Suns have a good like selling of them saying, "Hey, if you want to rent a ring, this is the best chance you can have. You guys have. You have Kevin Durant, you have Devin Booker, and we have Bradley Beal and David Yonder Aiden." However, you guys think about him, but I think I think Chris. Paul, I mean, I I think Bradley Beal and Devin Booker could both rotate having a point guard responsibility because, like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, they're both like solid playmakers and they can't create for others because of their like scoring ability. So, like, defenses they're rather they rather like double Chris. They rather double Devin Booker or Beal than like some role players. So, like, I feel like they can open up the floor really well. But I do think. Their depth is still pretty weak. I like I like Josh Koji. I like I still like Jock Landale, Tory Gregg. He's really solid. So I feel like they still need a couple more pieces, like consistent role players that they can rely on, rely on in the playoffs. So in my opinion, I still think they need to trade DeAndre Aiden. 
which I saw a report today by Chris Hans. He said that they want to keep him and that Frank Vogel likes him. So, like, mm-hmm. I see why Frank Vogel likes big man. He likes his big man because he has a good history of, like, developing big man and, like, using him correctly. But still, I feel like DeAndre Aiden's contract and the Suns not having, like, a good depth, like, good bench is going to hurt him if they don't trade Aiden right now or even by, like, the trade deadline, in my opinion. I think, honestly, a, a, a big thing that people um, forget about is they had a guy like Terrence Ross, who's probably going for the veteran minimum, who I think, you know, probably will go back. Uh, it seems, you know, like that's the likely situation. So you got a good, you know, uh, shooting guard slash small forward off the bench. Uh, like I said before, I think that, they're, that they'll probably bring back a Kogi. Mm-hmm. He'll definitely have to start in that. On yeah. that team. And then I think you also look to fill out the bench with guys, you know, like, you know, was mentioned earlier that I really like uh, that thought of John Wall. Um, John Wall really wasn't that bad with the Clippers, in my opinion. I think he more so struggled a lot with Houston, but that's, you know, I mean, it was it was a fresh setting first time in, in years and, and everybody knows how that went. I think he could find a really good rejuvenization and, and you know, in the playoffs if, if he's, you know, end up, ends up being a really good, you know, backup guard. Um, you look at a closing lineup of Wall, Beal, Booker, Durant, and Aiton. You know, potentially, I think that's crazy. And then you think of other guys. You know, maybe someone like Jeff Green, who you know just won a championship, Ooh. and maybe the the Nuggets finally want to play like uh, Najee this year or something like that. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll let Jeff Green walk so they can let their young guys get some run, and uh, you know, just kind of kind of players like that who can buy. And I think another guy, honestly, that could maybe take not, not just a pay cut, but he really killed his value this season. Um, a guy like Jay Crowder, maybe Ooh. going back under new, new, um, new coaching, uh, pretty much in an almost entirely new roster. You know, he really struggled, but I think you, you add a guy like that off the bench on super lackluster bench with maybe a guy like Terrence Ross and John Wall. And if they bring back Darius Baisley, I believe they have his bird rights. I mean, that's, that's a pretty solid bench right there. So for the Warriors, like for me, I saw that they, they basically traded Jordan Poole, Ryan Holland, and Patrick Baldwin. That's like two young, that's like three young players and a first round pick. That's kind of protected, but they still give up a first round pick. And they give up a 2027 second round pick for Chris Paul. For a 39 year old Chris Paul. He's like, he's like on his last legs. Expiring as well. Expiring as well. Yeah, that's a good point. But like, there's so many injuries. Terrible. Like, it would have been good if they got him for the vet minimum. I really didn't like their, dra- their draft um, of Podzemski either. Not- I said, uh, I know a lot of people were, were talking about Brandon Podzemski for them, too, with Golden State. I, I don't like him as a prospect at all. Really? Mm-mm. I actually like him because, like, he can space the floor really well. And, like, he's someone that I, like, read about. was, like, he doesn't, he's not someone that cares about his stats or, like, how many shots he gets. He's just willing to do whatever he needs, whatever the team needs to do. If he needs to get 10 rebounds, 10 assists, get 20 points, he's, like, he's just a role player that knows what his team needs from him. So, like, I liked, I actually like that pickup from him, but, like, yeah, uh, at night, pick 19, like, I can see the argument of this shot if they take Cam, that would have been a great steal for my opinion. But, like, they, they took someone that they could use right away off the bench for, like, he could be, like, the Jordan Poole replacement, kind of, like, someone who could score off the bench. For the Warriors, if they want Chris Paul to be solid for him or, like, serviceable, I think they need to use him off the bench as a sixth man. And, like, in the regular season, don't give him, like, a lot of minutes because you don't want to, like, wear down his body. But, like, in crunch time in the fourth quarter, them having that lineup of Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, or even Looney. That's actually a really crunch time lineup in the fourth yeah. quarter. I feel like I love the Wizards training for Jordan Poole. I feel like, yeah, Jordan Poole had a whole, had a whole world year with them. But I think he's someone that they could use as a stepping stone, someone they have during the rebuilding phase they're in right now. But also, when they in a couple of years or like four years, when they're trying to contend, he's someone they one of their stars that they could consistently rely on and build on next to him. Cause he's still twenty four. He has a four year contract, so I feel like, and he can shoot, so you could either run him at point guard or shooting guard. So like that's not a it's ba- not a bad pickup by them, especially since they gave up Bradley Beal for like. Not, I'm not saying Tyus Jones bad, but like they basically got a good young asset. For a 39-year-old Chris Paul, that's my point. Yeah. He has that's playoff point, experience man. and championship experience. Yeah, so. he's a yeah. champion already. Yeah, and like I saw I saw an interview uh, Bilal said, I think yesterday, he said that Jordan Poole already reached out to him. It was, mm-hmm. uh, to the team. So like, yeah. I actually like that. Jordan Poole, instead of being the, like the young guy, I mean, he's still young, but like he's taking that role of being like a leader. Be that leader for them. Yeah. 
I think I think that's going to work excellently for for Poole himself. I mean, you know, a lot of immaturity issues, you know, were raised up around him. And I think maybe getting traded to Washington, you know, one, it's a culture shock, but two, it's also a reality check. Mm-hmm. And I think when you combine both of those, plus his, you know, championship blood, um, I mean, he's going to have to be that leader. Um, I think 22-year-old, 23-year-old leader, but however old he is, it'll, it'll be definitely be fun and interesting to watch him average like 39 points per game this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> team, that whole thing with Draymond, he ruined everything, the chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it showed in the, in, the, in the Lakers series, the second round. Yeah. Mm. Another point of view I want to bring up is like, yeah, the Chris Paul, I mean, the Warriors traded for, like, 39 Chris Paul, but, like, the good thing about this deal for them kind of is, like, it opens up the books a little bit from that gives them the ability to uh, re-sign Grandma Green, and, like, they can offer a contract extension to Clay Thompson. That helps them keep the core of Curry, Clay, and Grandma for a couple more years for them to, like, try their best to contend, maximize their short timeline they have, in my opinion. All right, my next question for you guys is, we also saw another huge trade and in my opinion, this is a really good trade for the Memphis Grizzlies. They got Marcus Smart. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy good pickup. Um, I, I saw it, you know, when it first broke, at least, you know, my Twitter. Uh, it said that um, it was a three-team trade, but, it, you know, just kind of reemphasized the Wizards and Celtics. And I'm like, who's the third team? Uh, is it the Celtics? I mean, is it the Clippers? Because I really didn't want the Clippers to get Brogdon. Yeah. And then I saw Marcus Smart, and I when I tell you my jaw dropped, I mean, I, I mean that in all sincerity. It, it dropped in, in, in awe that the Grizzlies were able to acquire him. It dropped in awe that the Celtics would snake him like that. I mean, we should know better by now. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was crazy. And I, I, I do think that two first-round picks... In addition to to you know what else they gave like Tyus Jones, I know that Tyus Jones you know was they weren't like he wasn't in their future plans, uh-huh. and you know, I, I do agree with that. But I think two firsts plus Tyus Jones might have been a slight slight overpay, just in my opinion. Yeah, um, I, small, yeah, I see yeah. where you're coming from. But one thing I just want to add into what you're saying is like those two first round picks that traded in to the Celtics, in my opinion, not worth a lot because like those picks are gonna end around like 25, 20, like 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, like. From mm-hmm. 20 to 30. So, like, those picks won't be in the lottery or anything. But, yeah, I see what your point of them training two first-round picks. I, I actually think Marty Smart is, like, the perfect addition for the Grizzlies. He's a great wet for John Moran uh, for his maturity issues. And, like, he's a perfect replacement of Dylan Brooks. He's literally Dylan Brooks. Or literally a better version of Dylan Brooks. <laughs> that you yeah. could, If he talks shit, you could live with it because Marty Smart. And, like, he has a good repetition of backing his shit up. Like, his defense is good. He's, he's recently, like... Done a solid job, I would say, of playmaking, uh, shooting the ball, like threes, solid amount. And, like, he's someone in the Celtics locker room they really respected. He kept their locker room in check when something went down. I just, I you know, going back to the, the draft pick situation, you know, when, when you have a, an outlier in John Morant and, you know, pretty heavily, um, not heavily, but, you know, some guy that's shown some injury concerns like Jaron Jackson— those two firsts kind of scare me in that way. You don't know what's going to happen with Jaw. He's probably the biggest wild card in NBA in the NBA that we've had in a long time. And mm. Jaron Jackson, like I said, you know, I don't think he can lead a team. And who's to know if he stays healthy or not? But I, I, I do really like that pickup for them. It, I just think that it, they slightly overpaid a little bit. Yeah, I think he's done a really solid job. One thing I really like was like how they kept they would get a second round pick and drop a couple more spots down, get another second round pick, then dr- drop a couple spots more, get another second round pick. So like I think they oh, added yeah. like six drop they added like six second round picks into their collection by just trade down a couple spots each time. That was smart. Yeah, that was that was a really, really solid display of some general managership right there. <laughs> I think um one of the a potential trade that I think you know could happen, um, you know, we've 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 seen it, you know, uh, at least a little bit of it. But I think the Clippers and Celtics, you know, could be working out something if the Clippers really do want Brogdon, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order to free up a little bit of money. You know, that, that I, you know, one thing I I saw, you know, Brogdon's making around twenty two point five, and with these uh, contracts combined, it equals out to around twenty three. So I think you know a potential trade I think would benefit both teams is you know the Clippers get Brogdon of course and uh, the Celtics would get Terrence Mann and Rocco, who's you know a solid three and D guy would definitely get minutes on this wow. team. <laughs> I personally don't see him trading. Uh, what's his name, Terrence Mann? Because I think I, what I've heard from them, like from people around the league and like reports, and it's like someone they're like really like Terrence Mann and like they like his potential. Like yeah, 
Ty Lue doesn't give him like consistent minutes, which I agree with. Like I need, I think Ty Lue needs to give him consistent minutes, or else you trade him. But I feel like if they want to get Brogdon, the perfect way they could do that is by just flipping Rocco and Marcus Morris and adding maybe a couple seconds, or adding like throwing BJ Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I really like Terrence Mann as a the the potential that he has as a point guard. I think if he really were to work on his you know, consistent shooting and his playmaking. I think he would be really one of the better premier younger guards. I know he's already 26 and probably going to turn 27 soon, but mm-hmm. um, I, I do really like his, you know, all around potential. And I think, you know, that could be a pretty solid, you know, pickup or a keep. I just don't, you know, like, like you said, I agree with, you know, the fact that Tyloo doesn't really give him consistent minutes and kind of place him at the small forward or the shooting guard. And I don't think he's a very good off ball player. Really, because I, I, like the last couple of seasons, I've seen Terrence Mann like do a really good job. Like he's done, he's been improving his off like spot up shooting. So like when he gets the ball, he catches and shoots, catches and shoots. Especially mm-hmm. against us, whenever he plays against us, he turns to the, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes his threes like it's nothing to like. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole Clippers team, man. Yeah, yeah, Marcus yeah. Morris. <laughs> oh, Marcus Morris. Oh, yeah, Bro, makes like eight threes against us. Next team, you know, he's like oh for like ten or something. So yep. yeah. Yeah. Batum, Powell, Morris, man. <laughs> yeah, but like Batum, I can live with Batum making threes on us. He's like, he's actually like actually solid and like he's a consistent shooter. But like Morris, that man's not gonna <laughs> score, score but he, he will not Morris. miss. He cannot miss against the Lakers. Yeah. And Zubat so. finished his shack with the rebounds. <laughs> Anyone else wanna add to that? Or you guys um quickly with Boston, uh, my only question with them is playmaking. Mm-hmm. Now you're losing Smart, who was becoming a really solid playmaker last season. Yeah, I agree. I I wonder who who's gonna take that responsibility. Probably Derek White, maybe I don't know. Derek White, yeah. They just got health issues because Robert, Com- not Robert Covington, uh, Robert Williams gets hurt a lot too. I also saw a report of uh, the Clippers possibly not bringing back Westbrook. So in case uh, the Clippers don't bring back Westbrook, I feel like the Celtics and the Heat. Are perfect spots for him or the Suns, but I don't see him winning the Suns because the Vogel doesn't like him and he doesn't like Vogel. So I feel like the Celtics and the Heat are the perfect spots for him if he wants to get a good amount of minutes, perfect role around him. That's just me, in my opinion. Yeah, I see him going to maybe Miami if they don't get Damian Lillard. Mm, yeah. That's my other question. Do you guys think Damian Lillard is finally going to stop being annoying and ask for it? Oh, man. <laughs> I was waiting for this question. No. <laughs> no? He's not going to ask out. They're going to have to trade him without his permission. Yeah, I, I feel like they're just running like... They're, like they've been adding a couple of solid young players. Like this year, Scoot Henderson, Hurst Murray, Ryan Rupert. Like, they could, and they have like a couple they of... Have sp- Anthony Simons, Shaden yeah. Sharp. Yeah. He has to go. He's 33. They're, he's just running their rebuilding phase. And like they won't yeah. have time to, re, uh, to develop the players and keep trying to contend while keeping the young players not getting enough like minutes, touches, spots, roles, just like that. The way the team is constructed, they're not winning a championship. Yeah, with especially with the house stack the West is. I think the the problem with Lillard is that, at least in my opinion, I know you know NBA works a lot different than you know just day to day people like us. But I really don't know what kind of return is enough. Um, I mean, obvi- obviously, you know Lillard, you know, has the say at the end of the day. You know, oh, I want to go here, or you know, these are my destinations. Make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a team that, you know, was circulating last year, you know, like the Knicks who had a lot of oh, yeah. value, uh, they have Jalen Brunson now and you wonder, you know, if they're, well, they're not going to trade Jalen Brunson, but you know, that, that fit isn't going to work there anymore. Um, especially after he just balled his heart out this year, the Nets is another one. It just doesn't make sense to me as to why the Nets would trade for him. They're not winning anything with Lillard and Mikel and they already aren't trading Mikel. And that's kind of where I'm stumped as to where he can go. He wants to go to, or they want, um, Brooklyn wants him is because he's close with Mikel Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. The Heat makes sense. They just got to trade uh, Tyler Hero, maybe Duncan Robinson. Yeah. I think, I think Brooklyn really dropped the ball. And, you know, let me know how, what y'all think of this. But, you know, I, I saw something that said that the Blazers had offered three and Simons for, for Mikel and they declined. And, you know, as, as great as Mikel played after the trade, one, the question is, how sustainable is that? And two, I think the other question is, do you do you really think that Mikel Bridges is a viable number one option on your championship team? You know, and I think that the Nets have a, a ton of vets and guys that other teams would highly value, you know, trading wise. And 
like Dorian Finney-Smith, like Joe Harris, like Royce, yeah, and, and you know, just, just guys like that, that it could be really big prospects for other teams. And I, I think, honestly, that the Nets really dropped the ball not accepting that. I mean, Simons is a proven bucket. Third overall pick, you're getting, you know, Scooter Miller there, which are also great values. And I, I just think that they, I don't think they handled that situation very well at all. Yeah, Mikhail is like 27 already. Yeah, in terms of your question, uh, I actually have mixed feelings. I can see why the Nets want to trade for Dame. Because, like, if they get Dame, he's the perfect superstar for them, in my opinion. Because it's the East. The East isn't, like... I'm not saying the East is weaker or anything, but, like, it's much more weaker than the West. Because the West is stacked right now. If Brooklyn could get Damian Lillard, they have, Brooke, they have, Dame, they have Dame, they have Mikel, Cam Johnson, Claxton, Clowney, uh, Royce O'Neal, DeForney Smith, Cam Thompson. They, they still have, like, solid role players. I'm, that's my point. So, like, I, you can still see them content. I'm not saying they're, like, that team that's going to be, like, the Easter Conference Finals or the Finals or anything, but, like, that's much, I feel like Dame still has a better chance in the East they're contending. Whereas the team he has right now with Nurkic, Sharp, Simons, like, those are so many young players that you're putting so much high-level exp- expectations on. That's to try to contend. All you do is you make the play-in or you make the first round, then you get eliminated. What's the even point of that? You're wasting your rook. You're just wasting, you're just wasting everyone's time, in my opinion. Dame is just wasting his, the prime year, he's in his prime right now. And he's, I feel like he's just wasting his time right now. Maximizing, maximizing his prime. Yeah, I just, I don't know what return Brooklyn can give. I mean, Simmons has like zero value. Oh, man. And he, he doesn't play basketball and, he, and he's making $40 million just about. Um, I mean, I know they have a ton of picks, but it, yeah. same thing, you know, like, like you said before, you know, when you trade a superstar to a team and you get picks, you know, in those early years, Mm-hmm. Um, those picks aren't going to be much. I mean, they're always going to be in that 25 to 30 range, which yeah. at that point is almost a second round pick sometimes because we do see teams kind of reach around that area. That's um, true. Does so. have picks? Because they already traded some to Houston. Yeah, they, they got they got a couple of picks back, I believe. When they traded for yeah. Kevin Durant, they got like some, they got unprotected, they got like unprotected picks. So like yeah. the picks that yeah. Brooklyn got from Phoenix are actually solid because, like, those are unprotected picks. Because mm-hmm. what I heard, what I remember from that trade was they got, like, four unprotected first, a couple of seconds, and they got a couple of swaps. So, like, that's something you could live with. Whereas Wizards, they just got pick swaps, but those pick swaps have, have really good chances of worth, being worth nothing. Whereas the Suns picks could, could still be worth something for the Nets. Yeah. So, like, let me give you a good example. Like, let's say the Lakers, right? They want to go all in and Damian Lillard, right? If we traded our 2029 first round pick, that's a good pickup for the Blazers. If we threw in our pick swaps, that's I would say that's still a good swaps for a uh, good like picks for them because like our our current window is short too because LeBron he might retire next year or he might leave next year and then we already have AD who's kind of injured prone. I still like it. I feel like if LeBron leaves, I still believe he's someone that we could still try to contend with for a couple more years bring in a second star. So if we have Damian Lillard next to AD, that still gives you a couple more good years to contend. But let's just say LeBron retires next year, uh, AD, AD wants to get traded, and Dan wants to get, get traded, right? And Lakers flip them. Now all of a sudden, the picks that the Blazers have from the Lakers from the 2029 pick and the swaps, those are going to be worth a lot for the Blazers. Yeah. 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 So it's a huge risk either way, but like, it depends. Honestly, it depends. Like, when you see a team give up unprotected picks... That's a good chance you have something. You're getting something solid. When you get pick swaps, they might be good, but they might be bad too. Yeah, it's a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So my next question for you guys is: I don't know if you guys heard, but Tobias Harris rumors have been going around the league. <laughs> really <laughs> crazy. Like his father's been really angry the way they have used him in Philly, saying that they have kept this done in the corner and not, not using him well, not giving him more touches, and basically saying. And then I saw another thing that said that. The reason why the Clippers traded him to the Sixers was because his father, he's, by the way, his father is to, uh, his son's agent, by the way. So the Clippers offered him, I think, like a four-year, $80 million contract before they got Kawhi. Him and his dad said, no, that we don't believe that's enough money for what I'm worth. That's why the, that's why, uh, the Clippers flipped him to uh, Philly. So what's your guys' thoughts on that? The trade that I saw for Tobias Harris with the, they, the Sixers asked the Cavs for Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and some on a pick. <laughs> yeah, that was just crazy. I don't know if that's true yeah. or not, but if that's true, I, I don't understand why they asked for that. I'm and blocking then, your number if you're responding. <laughs> you're not getting anything good. They're not even getting one of those players for him, so I don't, I don't understand what, what they yeah. want. You're not even getting a first in that deal. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what his his market is either. Um, I mean, I think, smart, a, by the way, yeah, I think, yeah. I think something that you know, a, a team that could maybe work something out that has a lot of cap space. I just, you know, like I said, if the Sixers really value him that high, then he's not getting traded. Um, but the only team, I mean, I could really legitimately think of is Houston, uh, um, and maybe, maybe finally splitting up. Um, you know, Kevin Porter getting him out of there, sending him to to Philly and and kind of just seeing, you know, what other prospects. I mean, maybe Kenyon Martin Jr., Jay Sean Tate, you know, one of those two, and maybe a pick, I think, yeah. you know, because that seems to be what Philly does. And I I don't see a win. I guess maybe Philly attaches a pick as well. Maybe they even just swap uh-huh. and you know, give the the Rockets the better or the Sixers the better, you know, whichever it matters, but um, I don't. I don't know what what kind of market Tobias Harris is. I yeah. don't think any GM truly really wants him. Yeah, I saw a report of the Dallas Mavericks being reportedly interested in him. And the Dallas Mavericks, I believe, is a team that actually could make sense because they have like some contracts like uh, uh, what's his name, Tim Hardaway Jr., Javale McGee. I feel like that's a good deal, in my opinion, for both ways. Because one, clearly gets rid of Tobias Harris because they believe it's not enough for them to contend, and uh, Sixers, they get a stripe shooter in Tim Hardaway Jr. for a couple of years. They get a backup center in JaVale McGee, right? Uh, six, the Mavs, they get expiring contract back. So that frees up cash space for even more. And they have, like, another forward slash, like, I'm not, I don't consider him a wing, but, like, you get what I mean? Like, he's, he's actually a solid defender. He could give you 10, mm-hmm. to 20 bucket, 10 to 20 points a night. And I feel like he just has, like, solid size that, like, the Mavs already had his size for getting Tobias Harris on expiring contract. It's like... Looking not a bad deal for him because I'm sure lo- I'm sure Philly's not asking for a ton for him. I do I do like that a lot. I'm looking at you know maybe a potential sending him back to Philly, but a Christian Wood sign and trade, and then send Hardaway along with that uh, salary to make that mm. a deal. And then I'm sure the Mavericks would probably get Harris and extend him to a you know a better deal probably around. I would say I would say his market has to be around 22 to 25 million dollars right now. Definitely an extension that he can work on maybe for three three extra years. Yeah, that works out for both teams. Yeah, and Wood can play the four as well. I yeah, know. they have they have Paul Reed's rights, and I think that he gave them really great minutes. Yeah, in that, uh, Boston series. So I think that that's a a trade that makes a lot of sense for both teams. Because what I've heard is, Burrow, you could speak on this too, but like I know you guys want you guys want to get rid of Tobias Harris. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Philly fans do not like him. They want to get away. <laughs> They chose him over Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> with all due respect. That's like the Lakers choosing Westbrook over like Rui Hachimura and Reese. That's just crazy to me, bro. That's just crazy. Man, I even had a Jimmy Butler jersey. I wanted him to stay in Philly so bad. I was so mad when we signed Toby to that deal, bro. <laughs> Horrible deal. Last point, last question for the podcast, bro. So my question is, I want you guys, each of you, one of you guys, to state one hot take that you believe could possibly happen for this season that's Oof. coming up. It could be a player. It could be a team. I'll go first. I think Wemby's going to be a bust. I think we overhyped him too much. Mm. I think we've had players like that in the past that have been busts. But, I mean, I think he's going to be a bust, in my opinion. I, I think he's not going to live up to the standard that we're, we're hyping him up to. Okay, that's certainly a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One take that I had earlier, and I think especially if um, maybe Houston makes a move for Tobias Harris, I, th- I think it even makes more sense that uh, Amen Thompson can win Rookie of the Year. Um, that was kind of one of my my hot takes, and um, I think I think it it, 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 it I don't know I I really really love him as a prospect, um, and I guess my my other hot take um, is that I could potentially see Golden State trading for Towns at the deadline. Really, Ooh. I think I think um, if Minnesota, you know. They're if they're doing terribly, um, and they want to get rid of him. I mean, I think a, a package of Paul, Kaminga, or Moody, whichever one, and you know maybe a pick. I think that that's an easy get done because then the T Wolves have thirty million coming off the books. You won't have to pay Kaminga or Moody just yet, I don't believe. And if they do, you know they're not really proven. You can give them a pretty team friendly deal, yeah, and a pick out of it as well. I, I mean, I I think that makes sense for both sides. If the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell back, he will play and help this team contend, and he will not be unplayable this year. Ooh, I agree. I honestly agree with you on that. I love that. 
because he could have a full training camp, more chemistry. Irvin Ham could find out lineups quicker. Yeah. And, and with Rui and them, they could, they, could, they could win. I agree. That's a good take. They really just need to run it back with just a few different structural issues. Minor tweaks. I mean, yeah. solved. Yeah. And, and keep Mo Bamba. Mm. I, I see seeing the free agent, like, uh, what's the free agent market with the centers. Keeping Mo Bamba might not be the best. I might, I might not be the worst thing in the world world. Because, like, I still I still believe he's still a solid big man. Like, yeah, the last season he only played seven games for us. He got, he got, he got a really bad injury at the wrong time, especially right when we were going to play in the playoffs. So, so he's actually, in my opinion, not a bad backup for AD. He's like someone you could play him next to because you can space, you can still space the floor. Like he tries to protect the rib. It's not like he just backs off from a concert or anything. So yeah, I think he really needs. They really need to decline his option and bring him back on a maybe two-year, eight million mm. player option type of uh, contract. Maybe a three for the first, five for the second, and he opts in or out however he wants. Um, and I think you know. Darvin Ham has been really good, you know, developing big men. And I think, you know, like you said, a full season, you know, similar to D'Angelo Russell with, with Phil Handy, mm-hmm. um, you know, JHS, you know, with Handy, Lewis with Handy. But truly, um, I think Bamba, you know, a, a full offseason. Same thing with Hachimura, who we're going to bring back in Vanderbilt. I think all three of those guys, and even Wenyan Gabriel, we saw a lot of improvement on. All three or four of those guys, if they bring back Gabriel, are, are going to have, they're going to look a lot better next year, I think. Or at least just more poised uh-huh. in, in, in game situations. And I think that's going to look really great for us. Definitely. Anyone else have a hot take? My hot take, I'm going to go with OKC is making at least the second round next season. Ooh. I like their team. Even I like last that. year, they're competitive. If you watch their games, they have great size. They're getting Shet Holmgren back. Yeah for a full season this time. I think they're poised to make a, a leap, in my opinion. So I'm going with OKC. Dev. Minimum second round. I like that. I like, I that. like it a lot. They also got Casey Pollard. So. They've just got so many players on that team that deserve <laughs> minutes. I mean, yeah. Jared Butler, I think, deserves minutes. I know he's on a two-way. Aaron Wiggins could get minutes elsewhere. Jeremiah Robinson could get minutes. Lindy Waters, Isaiah Joe, both of the Jalen Williams, Trey Mann. Yeah, they have they a good man. young roster. Yeah, they have a good yeah. core. Yeah. And they still got a thousand billion picks, so yeah, they got the right <laughs> things going for them. For my hot take, definitely a hot take, but I believe with the Houston Rockets adding Monty Williams, no, yeah, no, fuck, fuck. But he, with the Houston Rockets <laughs> adding Luka and the Detroit Pistons adding Monty Williams, I see the Detroit Pistons and the Houston Rockets both making the play in the least next year. Mm. I like the Pistons. I like the Pistons, and I'm not sure about the Rockets just yet, but I do think that it's the Pistons here. To sneak in or even mm-hmm. get that plan. All right, definitely. All right, man. I just want to say thank you guys for coming in for today's episode and taking your time out of your day to record this episode with uh, for three and everyone else. So yeah, just thank you. Thank you to everyone else that's been uh, showing a lot of love on the podcast by playing the show, sharing the show on your stories, uh, commenting on the post. Thank you for guys for all the support and just keep uh, sharing and supporting. And yeah. Thank you, guys, and bye-bye. Peace. Peace. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the LVH Podcast Show. Be sure to leave a five-star review. Be sure to leave your thoughts on the episode. And be sure to leave your recommendations on how we can improve the show, what kind of topics you would like us to talk about, and what was your favorite particular moment from the episode. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media accounts on Instagram at the LVH Podcast Show, at Lakers vs. Haters, and all the people mentioned below in the description. Peace.